Hello, and welcome to the Conflicting Thoughts podcast, where faith and culture collide. Thank you again for joining us in another week of our summer series on how we want, or another way to say it should, be treating others. We've talked about friendships and enemies, and this week we're going to be focusing on acquaintances. Now, for those of you that were following along on social media, on the Instagram and YouTube pages, we thank you. My son and I were able to take a cross-country trip on Amtrak train. We had a blast. We were able to share some things with you through our social media accounts. But I want to talk a little bit about some of those instances today. As we deal with acquaintances, now, that Amtrak trip was long. So we traveled over 7,400 miles and spent over 175 hours on the train in a 14-day period. We were all over the country from New Orleans to New York to Chicago, to near Portland to Los Angeles and back to the Phoenix area. We had a great time and we met so many people with great stories. Overall, I would say 100% of this trip was just positive and exciting. Uh, but I want to talk to you about some of the encounters we had as we look at, as Christians, how do we... Uh, deal with acquaintances. Now, culture sometimes would say, ignore them. If they're not in your group or clique, then you're going to stay away from them. Uh, another part of culture might say, uh, I don't know, accept everybody for who they are and what they are. And I agree with that. I'm not here to say that's wrong, but I want to be realistic. When people aren't the same as us, or whether it's a socioeconomic status or a race, racial uh, barrier. If people are different, sometimes uh, we, because we view them differently, they are an acquaintance. They're not always our best friends. They're not always our enemy. And and so I don't really want to nitpick on the fact of of race or socioeconomic status. In fact, Jesus calls us to love everyone, and that's what we're doing. But going back to this Amtrak trip. We are encountering people of different skin color, of different socioeconomic statuses, of different uh, living situations. Every city has its own culture and dynamic. And so my son and I were able to encounter so many people. And overall, it, what a positive experience. And so the first one I want to talk about is our encounter with a, a handicapped couple in Birmingham, Alabama. We're on a stretch break where we're able to get off the train and stretch a little bit. And the station in Alabama has stairs up and down to get on the platforms and back to the station. So I'm kind of jogging or walking up and down the stairs just trying to get exercise. We have been on the train for a long time. And my son and I encounter a handicapped couple trying to walk up the stairs, which they could do, but they had uh, suitcases. And so my son and I offered to carry their suitcases up the stairs and help them out. And they were so appreciative, big smiles on their faces. In fact, they even tried to pay us for helping them carry suitcases up one flight of stairs. And we declined. Uh, didn't really think anything of it other than telling my son, hey, we're here to help others when we can. And he agreed with me. So we kind of went on our way. But as you know, on an Amtrak train, you are there for hours upon hours with the same people. 
So as we are walking up and down the train to stretch our legs, to go to the restroom, to grab a bite to eat, uh, we pass by this couple multiple times. And hours into our trip, uh, the gentleman stops me and says, hey, thank you so much for helping us, but I do want to ask a question. He goes, are you a minister? And this made me chuckle because no, I'm not a minister in the physical or literal sense of it. Um, I don't pastor my own church. And so it started this conversation of, yes, I am in ministry, but no, I'm not a minister. And he just stopped to say, I wanted to let you know you act like one. And what a great compliment because Jesus was on this earth to serve and to minister to others and to be singled out as doing something similar to what Jesus did is the greatest compliment. So how cool was that? And in fact, we chain, exchanged contact information with this couple. And I hope to, you know, not build this lifelong friendship, but the idea of we're turning acquaintances into friendships was really cool and a great experience. Now, my second example, a little bit different, we're on our way from New Orleans to New York. And a gentleman's on the train by himself. He sees my shirt, which has a Bible reference. And he asks, oh, what's that verse say? And I am so bad at verse memorization. I'm like, you know what? I don't know what it, <laughs> it actually says, but let's look it up. So I pull out my phone. I go to the verse and I read it out loud. And he says, oh, okay. Do you mind if I read it? So an acquaintance, I don't know. I'm just going to hand him my phone and let him read, which is fine. We're on the train. So he reads the Bible verse and then hands back the phone. And really, uh, from then on, not thinking a whole lot about it, but my son's like, hey, dad, is he a believer? Is he not? And I said, he probably is. Like, he's interested in the Bible. And let me tell you right now, this gentleman, uh, kind, was nice. But as the trip went on, it definitely got... I don't want to say strange, but it got different. And for my son, yes, he's seeing this as a strange encounter because he's not used to it. So this gentleman by himself, as the train ride goes on, starts to talk to himself, almost like he's talking to God, which is completely fine. Uh, I do that, uh, whether it's privately or silently, uh, but he is doing it very vocally, almost to the point of uh, it's distracting. And then as all humans do, I start to question in my mind, is this guy really a believer or is he just trying to get attention? And to honest fact, I don't know. And I had to reflect on myself and what I was thinking and realize it doesn't matter what I think of this person. I want them to have a relationship with Jesus and they may or may not. But what got strange is he continued to talk to himself throughout this whole trip, sometimes so loud, like everybody on the train's listening, not necessarily strange, but so different from my daily life is I don't hear people talk to themselves or talk to God out loud very often. So I'm not making a judgment call. What I'm trying to explain is on this train trip, I am encountering different people that are interacting with me in different ways. And so the last example I want to talk about is at Los Angeles Union Station. So we're not on the train. We're getting ready to head home back to Phoenix. And let me tell you, Union Station in Los Angeles was uh, the most different, unique, 
sometimes scary or weird place we encountered this whole trip from Chicago to New York, across the country. Los Angeles, uh, near Union Station, has an incredible homeless uh, community that tents everything. And so Union Station is an in-and-out place for some of these people to get air conditioning, bathroom, drinking fountain. So constantly going in and out. And so my son and I, uh, not fearing for our safety, that's not it. But there are probably five to 10 security guards kind of in every hallway, every room of Union Station because Los Angeles area knows about this homelessness issue. And so my son and I found ourselves keeping to ourselves more, not talking to many people, which was so different in this whole trip. As I'm talking about acquaintances, I'm going out of my way more often than not to talk to people. But at the LA Union Station, we found ourselves becoming introverted, uh, just not branching out, not talking to people. And this is to my fault. I'm not saying it's not, uh, but it's almost like I didn't want to reach out and talk to people, uh, whether it's the homelessness issue, uh, how different they are from my current situation. But also we noticed there's a massive drug problem. I can almost guarantee uh, drugs were being done in the bathroom every time we went there. You, it, it just, it felt like that. And so because of that situation, we're not reaching out. And I don't want to kick myself for it, but I probably should have. I, I'm not not friendly, but I definitely wasn't outgoing like I normally am. And so I started to reflect, why is that? And I think at Union Station in Los Angeles, I encountered a brokenness that I had not encountered the entire trip, the brokenness within uh, the human person. And it was almost overwhelming and so overwhelming, I wasn't sure how to handle it. And so that will be our launch point into next week's summer series on how we handle it. Uh, but Union Station is always going to remind me of not just some missed opportunities, but how do we handle extreme brokenness within people. And so I, all in all, like we had this amazing trip and Union Station is just another memory of encounters with people, whether I'm speaking to them or not, just people watching, uh, but had this great time. And like I said, it might've been, we were exhausted after 175 hours on the train and 7,400 miles. It was unique to say the least. Would I do it again? Absolutely. Maybe not for 14 days, uh, but what a great trip for my son and I to, to bond, to see the country, to interact with so many people from different places that are so different from us that it's not good or bad, that the differences are so unique. You celebrate them, and I love that. And so I have one verse to kind of finish off this podcast right now, and it's Matthew seven twelve, And it says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And unpacking this just a little bit, we want to do unto others as we want them to do to us. And I'm not saying we always have to go out of our way, but sometimes 
I want to be left alone a little bit. So it's okay to leave others alone. Obviously, we don't want to overlook uh, negative situations. We want to be helpful. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes we want solace and quiet and reflective situations. So we need to provide that to others. Sometimes we need people to be outgoing and generous and kind to us. And that's what we want to give back to them. So I see this Matthew 7, 12 passage of we need to be what other people need from us. And Paul talks about this in, in his epistles as he's going to become what other people need. And that is a great thought process. Sometimes I just need peace and quiet. So I want others to give that to me, so I should give that to them when it's needed. And, and vice versa, when someone needs an outgoing presence or uh, more of a boisterous, kind, loving presence, we need to be that as well. And so Matthew seven twelve is considered the golden rule. And my son and I really were, to the best of our ability, able to live this out on this Amtrak train trip, which was really cool. And so that's why I wanted to share the examples from Birmingham, Alabama, the man on the train from New Orleans to L- uh, New York, LA Union Station, is we were encountering different situations and we were providing opportunities uh, to be kind, to show love, and sometimes just to be quiet and unobtrusive. And so thank you again for uh, the social media, following me, encouraging me. And so as I conclude this week, let me have one more quote from a movie that is not a blockbuster movie, and some of you may not even know it, but it's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And the quote is, be excellent to each other. That's the golden rule that's spoken of in Matthew seven twelve. We want to be excellent to each other. Thank you again for listening this week. Come back next time as we unpack uh, how we encounter other people in their brokenness or in so unique of situations we almost don't know how to handle it. Have a great day. Thanks again.